We're still in the year 2014, and preparations for the 2015 season are underway with Major League Soccer dropping the Week 1 schedule. This is the SBI Show. I'm Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's going on, man? Nothing much, Garrett. I'm just glad to know that you're feeling better and that you're out of the bubble. Uh, you know, they've let you out of the hospital, and now you're back, and we can do the show. Thanks. I appreciate that. So it's, it's dangerous out here in Arizona, man. When it drops from 80 to 70 in you know, one week, it's people get sick. Listen, so people can die from the sniffles, and uh, if anyone could, it'd be you. Yeah, so it probably I'm, could be I'm me. Glad I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, it was pretty bad, man. Bad, uh, bad sinus, though. But uh, it's good to catch up, man. I know it's been a while since we uh, did our last show, so... Yeah, we're starting to get a lot of crap for for the ending our year pretty badly. I think uh, who, I forget one of one, one of our yeah Tyler uh, at ECU. Yeah, of course, it was Tyler. He asked us uh, uh, who who who's end was it who who's ending the year in worse form or who who's uh, Something- who's finishing the year worse in worse shape? Us or the uh, SBI show or the U.S. national team? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Well played, well played, Tyler. Yeah, it's a pretty good question. It was okay. I'm gonna have to send him a T-shirt now, so he doesn't have to wear tank tops to the bar. So we'll be good. <laughs> we'll, we'll be good. We'll He's take a college care of kid, man. They can wear whatever they want. It's my boy. It's my boy. Come on. <laughs> How come I don't have an SBI T-shirt? That's a good question. Well, hey, if you would have come to Molesk Cup, maybe you'd have got one. You, you know what we do need? We need like SBI track suits, and we all travel together. Tracksuits. That that would look sick. What are we? The Royal Tannenbaums now? We're gonna run around with. I'm our, just saying. Imagine like four or five of us in track suits. I'll look into it. I'll look. I'll first of all, I have a like a. I still have like a box of like thirty uh, SBI T-shirts from the original, whatever two thousand and eight or nine batch, and uh, I need to get rid of those. And then I'll get some made up with new logo. That's the key. We got to get the new logo out there. So I want to get some T-shirts, get some hats made. I, I definitely want an SBI fitted hat with the logo. That's kind of. I got to get that. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, so that's uh, I'll work on that. Maybe, I, maybe we can get that made up for the combine. Would you make me pay for it, or would you just give it to me? No, nah, you. That's uh, I'll, in lieu of payment, I will send you t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> all right, Alex, let, let's let's get into today's show. Uh, we, a few things to talk about, various topics, kind of all over the place. But um, as I did mention, um, Major League Soccer schedule came out for Week One. You got some good matchups: Orlando City. New York City FC. You also got Seattle, New England. But I mean, Ivis, the biggest question is where are you going to be? Because that's where the party's going to be. Ah, uh, good question. Uh, well, obviously, you know, when you looked at when the, when the first batch of games for that opening, those opening weeks came out, obviously the one that stood out was the official debut of Orlando City and New York City FC. And of course, they're going to play each other. I think it would. I think it had to be right. You had to have the two new teams square off. I think it's only fitting to kind of give them that chance uh, to go up against each other. And it's in Orlando. So there's tougher places to be in March than Orlando. So I will be heading down to Orlando to check out Orlando city, NYCFC. Nice. Can't get enough of Florida. I was just in Florida a few days ago to see my mother and I'll be in Florida in a few weeks for the combine. And, and then once again in March. So, you know, can't get enough of the sunshine state. Um, well, the first match for the week one does kick off Friday. That's LA Galaxy. Um, they'll be home uh, taking on the Chicago Fire. I'm sure they'll bring out Landon Donovan, make it all cool, the trophy presentation. They got games on Saturday. Then you have uh, those three games on Sunday. There are also some other weeks that did come out. If you want to check it out, go to SBISoccer.com. You can check out the full schedule there. It's pretty much just a, every – it looks like it's every team's home opener. Um, so there are some interesting ones there. Uh, ones there. Uh, obviously, the opening week, uh, when you look at some of the matchups, uh, I think that uh, Portland RSL 
got yourself a nice opener at Providence Park with uh, Nat Borchers uh, mm-hmm. making his Timbers debut against his former club, Real Salt Lake, right off the bat. Uh, we already know about th- that rivalry. Those teams have had some good battles through the years. Uh, then you have uh, on that Sunday, on the same day as Orlando NYCFC, you also have uh, Seattle and New England in Seattle. I think that's going to be a barn burner. Uh, two teams that you could say are probably two, two of the top four teams in the league uh, squaring off. So that's a good one. And, I got, and, of course, NYCFC opening at Yankee Stadium Sunday, March 15th against the New England Revolution. Jermaine Jones coming to Yankee Stadium. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, and then, and then the, the, the last one that I'll attend will be Sunday, March 22nd. Red Bulls at home against D.C. United and the start of life after Thierry Henry, who now not only did he leave MLS, but he is officially retired from the sport. Yeah, it's going to be crazy to see New York go out next year and, and not see Thierry Henry. I mean, you know, as we, you know, you and I have talked about this couple of months. I mean, you know, just what he does to the team and makes everyone around him better. Uh, it's just going to be interesting, Ivis, to see what New York does over the next couple of months and, and you know, what type of team and what type of identity they're going to have when, when the 2015 season starts. Yeah, they, I, I think it remains to be seen. You know, I think they're they're a team that they, they need some star power. When you lose an Henri, you have to try to find somebody that's close. Uh, that that'll be pretty tough. And if if in fact the team is going to go in a new direction, and 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 maybe steer away from the the older international superstar types, and maybe go for some younger potential superstar types, uh, you know, players who are at the beginnings of their careers as opposed to the ends of their careers. Uh, we'll see if that's true or not. I mean, you've already heard talk of Steven Gerrard being linked to the Red Bulls, that sort of thing. Um, but right now, we don't know who will replace Henri, and we don't even know if uh, Tim Cahill is going to be back. So. A lot of mm-hmm. questions to be asked there, and uh, you know, the, obviously the schedule was the big news. Uh, I don't say the big news, but the most recent news. Uh, but you could argue the biggest news in MLS of the past few weeks has been DC United, the Red Bulls opponent in that opener, getting their own stadium project approved. And I got to say, that's a huge moment for MLS. Yeah, it's nice to have that whole situation now taken care of. You know, if you're a DC United fan, and I mean, you know what their fan base is going to look like. And then I've never been to RFK, so you could probably speak better on this. But I'm assuming that, you know, fans probably didn't want to go to RFK because one, it was probably such a dump. And now having this brand new stadium in that part of town where I think the Nationals are like right across the street from them, I mean, that's going to kind of seem like a fun area of DC. Well, it's a huge step for them. I mean, number one, uh, from a business standpoint, it just allows D.C. to move a step closer towards being a viable business. Uh, The big problem through the years is the fact that playing in RFK, D.C. United just couldn't make money because they, you know, they they didn't control. It wasn't their building. They rented it out. Uh, They couldn't make money on uh, on things like concessions. And and it it just it it was just bleeding money. And uh, it cost them some previous ownership groups that gave up when they couldn't secure a stadium. Now this group has secured a stadium, and it's not just a great moment for DC United fans. It's a great moment for fans around the league because even if you hate DC, you have to respect the fact that they're mm-hmm. a, a first-year team. They're they're an original. They're an MLS original. Uh, DC is one of the great soccer cities in America. I don't think anyone can deny that. And uh, their fan base, you know, they they have one of the more fervent fan bases there. And now you give them a stadium, uh, give them the type of building that that fan base deserves. It's only going to make for better atmospheres, better environments for games. And, you know, I don't care if you're a Union fan or Red Bulls fan, you're going to want to go to a new stadium. You're going to want to go down there in 2017 as as a visiting supporter and, and have one more new stadium 
uh, to visit and, and, and to, you know, cheer against the uh, the home team and all that. And I think just, you know, what I would say is it's funny to me because I remember the first road game I ever covered was DC, was at DC United, was at RFK Stadium back in 1999, uh, Metro Stars DC. And, I, and for me, it was it was actually like a significant moment for me because, you know, I grew up a Redskins, Washington Redskins fan, like from seven years of age. And RFK was like this mythical place to me. So like for me that day, I'll never forget the first day I walked in RFK. I was like, oh, my Lord, this is where John Riggins played. This is where Joe Theismann played. Like I, I was in heaven. All right. But then, you know, after that, though, for years, like, you know, five, six, seven years later, uh, you start seeing things, you know, the place is just a dump. There's pieces of concrete falling. It was just it, it just became a place that uh, you just didn't want to go to. You just hate hated being there. And and now they're going to uh, DC's going to get the stadium they deserve. The fans there are going to get the stadium they deserve. We can end all this talk about, you know, Baltimore United or moving yeah. them to, moving them to Virginia. You want to have a team in DC proper because it's a great soccer city and everybody in in MLS, not just DC fans, but everybody should be happy about this news. I will uh not that I want to be, you know, throw you know, you know, throw water on the fire, but I will believe it all Ivis when the shovels hit the ground. So uh, well, I'm not right. trying to be mean, but just with this whole thing, it's I'm, I'm going to hold my breath. And I think some DC fans probably are the same way too. Once they finally right. see construction started, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, but at the same time, look, the government has already approved their poor part of it. DC's owners have the money to put up their own part of it, so now it's going to get done. It's going to get done. Um, uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting, man, because I, I look forward to going to RFK, uh, going to the new stadium, whatever they call it, the new stadium. Uh, and seeing what that atmosphere is like. Um, moving out to the uh, West Coast, though, Las Vegas also approved um, their stadium proposal. The city did. Uh, I'm still weary. My thoughts on Las Vegas, I, I don't know. I still don't know, Ivan, so that's going to be a good, viable spot for Major League Soccer. But the city has approved them to build a stadium if they get a franchise. So, uh, I mean, Vegas taking that next step up to possibly securing one of those expansion franchises. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it is a nice uh, gesture, and, and it's obvious the government there is behind uh, a, a possible MLS expansion team. But I, I, I think they're in that kind of secondary batch of, of, of uh, contenders because I still think, for me, uh, markets like Sa- Sacramento, San Antonio, Minnesota, I think mm-hmm. those are the those are the front runners. Those three um, for for two what two spots at most. You know, if if Miami yeah, gets if Miami, a spot, yeah, it doesn't happen. If Miami doesn't happen, you're going to talk, then you're talking about two spots. If Miami does happen, you're talking about just one. So L, for Vegas to slip in there, it's going to be for me. It's going to be tough. Uh, I think they're a better bet for the 25 to 28 range of expansion for MLS, which is still even further away. Um, but again, it's nice to see governments, local governments, looking at soccer projects and saying, "Yes, this is something that we'd be interested in doing." Well, speaking of uh, expansion teams, we do have expansion teams playing next year, as we said, with New York and Orlando City. Orlando City making a lot of noise this month. Uh, one of the biggest moves I was, for the whole entire month, probably arguably the biggest move, is that Orlando City has brought in Breck Shea. Reports came out that Orlando and New York City uh, did a deal, but um, and we could talk about it a little bit, but just, Ivis, your, your immediate thoughts on, on Orlando bringing over um, Breck Shea, and, and yes, he, he's not the same player as he was when he left FC Dallas, but I mean, if you can capture what he had at FC Dallas, I mean, that, that's a huge acquisition for them. It has the potential uh, to be a really good acquisition. Uh, the jury is still out a bit on what Breck mm-hmm. Shea is going to bring to the table. Let's not forget that not only did he struggle in Europe, but he, he you know, he, he ended his, his time here 
uh, not in the best of form. He had injury issues, and 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 you know he he his best his best form was came uh, the year before that, the year before he left. Um, so let, we'll see what he he brings to the table. Uh, I think Adrian Heath is going to have his opportunity to show what kind of coach he is, and uh, and 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 Brett Shea is the type of player that. You know, if you do a good job working with and coaching them, you can bring bring the most out of them. And the, the good thing here is that I don't I don't think Shea is going to Shea is going to walk into the situation. I know he's not going to walk in a situation where he has to be the guy because mm-hmm. I mean they have Kaká obviously. Uh, they've already brought in some other top players in in Amobia Kugo and Aurelian Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already signed another young designated player, the Honduran striker. Um, so they have a lot of pieces there already, and uh, you know he 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 can just fit right in. Um, obviously, there's pressure on everybody, but it's not like he's going to walk in and he has to be the guy. I mean, even when he was at FC Dallas, he he had to kind of be the guy there. And, and I don't know if that suited him all that well. It's good to have him back. Um, but he has to show it, though. He has to prove that he's worth uh, worth the money that that, that they they put in. Uh, he's not a designated player from my from what my sources tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his salary is being paid down by allocation money, so he is being paid more. He is being paid like a designated player, but he will not count as a designated player. Um, meaning he's making more than max salary, which no one should be surprised by when a player comes in on a Premier League contract. I mean, Premier League yeah. contracts are all des- quote unquote designated player contracts because they all. All the players in Premier League make more than MLS Matt, League Max, League non DP Max. So uh, we'll see what we'll sh- we'll see what Shay can do, and uh, he obviously has to be feeling that pressure uh, because this is it. He has to step it up and show that he can be that kind of star player again. Oh, well, I mean, you have to assume that there's going to be a little pressure taken off him, right, when he comes over. I mean, he's not going to have that expectation of having to play in Stoke City, and I mean, I, I guess the eye won't be on him as much does that make sense i feel like there's gonna be a good situation for maybe kind of rebound a little bit well we'll see i mean it's not a given just because it's less pressure on him i mean he he's gonna have a different kind of pressure um i mean obviously we all read about his time there and how you know he, he talked about what it's a how it's, so it's a business there is not the family feel now he's coming back to what should be that again for him like the family type atmosphere where the players are closer um and maybe he'll thrive in that environment and if adrian heath uh, it sounds like, I mean, Shea obviously had been there before. He trained with Orlando City. Mm. He's somewhat familiar with the setup there. So he's going into it feeling pretty good uh, about being comfortable there. And if that if that leads to him being an all-star player again, then definitely Orlando City will be one step closer yep. to being a potential contender right off the bat. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it, Like I said, I was, I was saying it last week, obviously, man, Orlando's putting together quite a roster. Yeah, it's getting there. It's not a playoff team. I'm just yet, saying, but... if Brexit could regain his form, then I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It's far from a gimme, right? I know. I, mean, I, know, I know. I mean, at the end of the day, his whole career in MLS. I mean, he had one good year, uh, one good half season, if we want to boil it down. So we'll see. We'll see what he can do. And then some other news around Major League Soccer player news. You reported this first, Ivis, uh, Eric Torres and his likely destination. I don't want to steal your thunder, so uh, I'll let you take it away. Well, it's, it's, it's been a, I feel like it's been a week already since this happened, but uh, and everyone hey, hey, already. Hey, hey, what I tell you, Ivis, there's some people. Their only news comes from this show. I, I doubt highly there's that many of those. I but like anyway, to, I like to think that. Well, I reported last week that uh, Eric Kubo Torres uh, has a new MLS front runner for services. Uh, that team is the Houston Dynamo. Uh, I reported on Goal.com that that Houston has kind of stepped to the forefront. Uh, for his services, and in the story that I wrote, I wrote that part of the the, uh, 
the ongoing negotiations <clears throat> involved uh, the possibility of of Chivas Guadalajara taking him on loan in exchange for a lowering of the transfer fee, which uh, you know the, the the buyout that the that MLS was going to have to pay for Torres. Uh, so I reported that, and then the day the next day. Uh, Chivas Guadalajara announced that he was heading there on loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that part of it, that part of the of, of the dominoes fell. What has not been announced yet is the uh, where Kubo Torres is going to go in MLS. Uh, none of that has been MLS hasn't even, from what I understand, MLS hasn't even formally announced uh, the purchase of Eric Kubo Torres. Even though Chivas has kind of made it made it obvious that that's what happened. Uh, I, I, I'm standing by my original story that Houston's the front runner and that when it's all said and done, uh, MLS will have picked up the purchase option on Torres and it looks like he will be going to Houston. It's not a done deal yet, but it's being worked out and Houston is still in that driver's seat for that. Uh, nothing has changed as far as that goes from my original report. Uh, and if that goes down, I'll tell you what, that's huge, huge, huge news for Houston. That would be one of the pickups of the offseason. That, for me, would trump the Breck Shea move because Kubo Torres is, is a proven uh, proven goal scorer in MLS. And if he can put in goals uh, playing on a pretty bad Chivas USA team, now you put him on a Houston team with some quality midfielders. Brad, you're talking about Brad Davis, Oscar Bonilla, Garcia, uh, you know, playing next to Giles Barnes, who's coming off a really good year. One thing they, the two things they really need in Houston are a proven goal scorer and, and a Latin star, a Mexican star to, you know, kind of br- appeal to that fan base that's in Houston. Obviously, there's a lot of Mexican fans in Houston that haven't really taken to the Dynamo yet. Uh, and he can be that player that bridges that gap, that player that 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 hits that that demographic. And so he's the perfect player for Houston. The question was always going to be money. Who can afford Kubo Torres? Who can afford the buyout? And I reported it was a seven and a half million dollar uh, purchase option in the original deal. Now that Chivas Guadalajara is bringing Torres on loan, now obviously that price has been lowered. How much? I don't know yet. I have yet to get details on that, but it is clear that a deal has been struck. And credit to Houston that they, you know, a, a team that, uh, you know, not that they've ever been considered cheap, but they haven't had that uh, big money uh, acquisition just yet. Uh, but now they have that if they get him, and it'll show kind of the commitment that they have that that organization organization has to filling their new stadium, BBVA Compass Stadium, and. Uh, their their commitment to wanting to be a winner, and let's not forget, Houston is going to the Western Conference, and once again, Western Conference continues, yes. you know, just keeps getting tougher uh, between them and 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 Sporting Kansas City. Uh, it's crazy to think. So I, you know what? We'll, we'll, hopefully, we'll get some word on this before the end of the new year. If and but if he goes to Houston, that's huge for the Dynamo. And and this is one of those done deals where Kubo Torres, I mean, he has to come to the Houston Dynamo, even if he does go down to Mexico and light it up. I mean, there's no way that he can back out of it. I mean, he's he's going to have to come to Major League Soccer next year at some time, right? Right. I mean, I, I mean, the only thing that you could argue is, unless you know, if he lights it up for Guadalajara and they decide, okay, we need to have this guy, and then they break the bank and make an offer um, north of what the original price was then if then if you're mls you have to weigh it if you're mls if you're the dynamo you have to look at it and say do we want to bring him back or do we want to just take the big payday i think he'll come back i think he'll be part of mls i think i I know there were reports early on about him only wanting to play in la and then him him only wanting to play in la or seattle 
from my from what my sources had told me, uh, you know, the Galaxy had gone was looking in other in other directions for a play, for players. Uh, they weren't necessarily uh, interested in Torres, and I know some people were a little surprised by that. But when it comes to the Galaxy, you got to remember they have Robbie Keane, they have Jassy's artist. That's going to be their strike force, right? They want to go get a playmaker. They want to go get an attacking midfield that they can partner with those guys. Uh, and you know, Torres didn't really fit in with that plan. Uh, Seattle's another team that you know when you look at what they have, they have they have Clint Dempsey, they have Oba Femi Martins there. Uh, how would he have fit in there? You know, not necessarily would have been the best fit there either. Um, and and obviously they they just spent big money on Dempsey. So were they going to commit another big? Uh, big payday to to bring in a Cuba Torres, so that though though that's why those kind of didn't work out from my understanding. The one that I was a little surprised about, and although now we kind of know what was going on, is the Chicago Fire. I think the Chicago Fire would have been a good place for for Eric Cuba Torres. They have a strong Mexican community there. Uh, he could have catered he could have catered to that, but obviously the Fire were were looking in another direction when, with with their designated players. Uh, you know, they they signed a uh, a pair of forwards uh, to designated player deals, so they already had their DPs lined up, uh, and that leaves Houston. Houston, you know what? All things considered, Houston is a pretty good place to have Eric Kubo Torres wind up. You have yourselves a proven goal scorer, a Mexican, and also a marketable guy. I mean, Kubo Torres, you know, he's a charismatic, young, charismatic figure. Uh, and, and if you're MLS, you want him in MLS. You want him on a team where he can his profile can grow, um, because the the kid's got it. The kid's got talent. The kid's got charisma, and he's the kind of guy you want to keep in MLS yeah, if you can. But, but is is there? I understand wanting to keep in Major League Soccer. I, I get that. Young star, Mexican guy, you can you know market around. I think Major League Soccer needs that, I mean, and it's huge for them. But isn't there's a little bit of a risk though when you when you look at this? I mean, going on loan for six months. I mean, what happens if something happens? Let's say he gets injured. I mean, is there no kind of fear that they're putting too much into this and and well, that's not, enough that, to keep well, him? Well, that's always part of the the risk when it comes to any loan deal. Is is a player can get hurt, but at the same time, it it, it has to be worth their while. And we don't know how much money is being taken off of the off of the purchase option. We don't know that. Uh, but I mean, let's just say hypothetically. If Chivas, if Guadalajara says, you know, okay, we'll take a million dollars off the price tag if you can let us have him for six months. A million dollars is a lot of money. So, you know, if you're the dynamo, uh, if you're if you're the dynamo ownership and you're saying, you know, at the end of the day, we'll 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 miss out on having him for three months. Is mm-hmm. three months without him worth a million or a million five? And again, these are just get this that's just me putting numbers together. It's not guaranteed that the, I don't want anyone reporting this stuff because I've seen it happen. <laughs> People start reporting that all oh, uh, you know, Iva says it's it's a million five or whatever it is. Look, whatever the number is, I'm sure it's significant enough that Houston and MLS are willing to take the gamble because otherwise you don't do it, right? And at the same time, um, you definitely get the sense that Torres wants to play in Mexico. And if you if if you are MLS, you kind of also want to consider what the player wants as well. So you kind of kill two birds there. You, you you keep the player happy and you also make some money. You make a nice bit of coin. Uh, hopefully we find out what that amount is, but uh, I would have to say it's got to be uh, sizable enough that it's worth the risk. Because otherwise, you don't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't risk that. 
and in some major news around the league that doesn't involve a player, but it involves rather a member of the front office, uh, Garth Lagerway, who was with Real Salt Lake, built that into what Real Salt Lake is. He's no longer with Real Salt Lake. There are reports coming out that he may be going to Seattle. However, though, that is not official. Um, but I was, when you look at Real Salt Lake and what Garth was able to build with, with his smart moves and smart acquisitions, uh, I mean, how much is this going to hurt RSL? And, and then kind of what are you what are you hearing on the latest on, on where Garth may possibly be next year? What is he, Brazilian? What are we calling him, Garth now? Come on, man. He goes He's got by, a last name. Let's goes, use the last name. He goes by first Call, name basically. It's a little cozy. Call him Lagerwey. Well, That's I mean, he, he was my boss, so... Well, I'm glad you you admit that. <laughs> um, but he's he's no longer yeah. But no, let's just call him, for the purposes of the right, show. Fair enough. Fair enough. Him, okay. Well, look, it, it's no surprise. I mean, I I think uh, the writing was on the wall for a long time that he would not return to Real Salt Lake. And uh, now with 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 multiple reports linking him to Seattle, it looks like that's that's a pretty safe bet at this point that he will uh, be moving over to the Sounders, and that's that's a huge move. For the Sounders, and I was a little, I was surprised by it just because, you know, they have that established uh, hierarchy there with uh, Adrian Hanauer, uh, Chris Henderson, Siggy Schmidt, uh, but now it appears by, uh, you know, according to reports that that Hanauer wants to kind of take take a step away from from the kind of front office uh, player personnel thing, and that's where Lagoray can slide in, uh, and and you know it's it's crazy, man. Rich, talk about Rich getting richer, right? Cause, yeah, I know. Uh, you take a guy in Lagerway who's who's been able to ha- now he didn't do it all on his own. Let's not, let's let's not forget about Jason Christ. He helped build RSL into something pretty special uh, in the MLS in the MLS world. Uh, but now he's going to come to Seattle, have money to work with, and it's going to be interesting to see what he can do mm. now that he has some money to work with. I mean, he's obviously obviously he has a keen eye for talent. He he can. He, he knows how to, you know, find good bargains and 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 grab players that, you know, might be underrated and help bring them and 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 bring the most out of them. And if you're Seattle, obviously you're spending your money on your Dempsey's and Obafemi Martins, uh, but at the same time you realize that if you want to, you want to be able to have both ends of the spectrum. You want to be yep. able to <clears throat> sign the right big ticket players, but then also get the most out of your the other side of your bench. Go find yourself those bargains, and I think that is huge. Mm-hmm. That it's a huge acquisition. And, you know, I I don't know for a fact who else was in the running for Garth Lagerwey. I know Toronto FC had been mentioned as a possible destination for him. But I got to say, anyone who didn't, uh, 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 there's a very short list of teams that I would say couldn't have benefited from Garth Lagerwey. Um, and if any teams that could have benefited, benefited from him didn't do their due diligence and at least try to reach out to the guy, I think that's a travesty. I mean, because you know what, for me... I think there's certain teams that Lagerwey would have been perfect for, like the New York Red Bulls, as an example, uh, a team that you know they're talking about wanting to go in a different route with younger with, with younger players. They want to go American. Um, Lagerwey would have been perfect for that, but you know, I, at this point, we don't know if they reached out to him. We don't know what happened there. All we know is what it looks like now is that he's going to Seattle, and that is a huge, huge step for Seattle. And it tells me that 2015 is make or break. 2015 is the, for for Seattle for Siggy Schmidt specifically. It's the make or break year. He needs to win a title. If he doesn't win a title in 2015, then the next step for Lagerwey is to go find his replacement. And I think now we know that that clock is definitely ticking. Yeah, it definitely seems like that. I mean, if you're an RSL fan, I I saw the reaction. I mean, everyone's livid and not happy with it. But, I mean, if you're Garth, you're walking to a pretty good situation where – 
you're right. I mean, you're going to go in there. You're going to have money to spend. If it doesn't work out with Ziggy Smith, I mean, he, you can bring in your own guy too. And, and not that I'm saying that that anything's going to be sabotaged, but I mean, it just seems to be very. Uh, I mean, it seems to be a nice situation for Garth. And I thought the same thing too. When I saw Seattle Ivis, I was like, oh my gosh, he has to be making double. He's making RSL. It's just when you have money, man, you you can spend it to get the best. It's yeah, it's interesting to see how Seattle just goes out and acquires all these pieces. Right. Well, it's big, and it is obviously a big loss for RSL. Uh, they went and hired Craig Weibel, and he, he's obviously he's going to have to learn the position and learn learn that side of things. Um, and I know it, what I did find interesting was some, the reaction of some people who kind of were asking, you know, was, was this about Lagre wanting a better opportunity? Was it about him not fitting with the new ownership? And one thing I will say is that I, I, while there are certainly people in in Utah or, or, or around RSL. Uh, who 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 want to make this just about oh well Jason Christ just wanted another op- a, a bigger opportunity uh, Garth Loggery wants a bigger position he wants to become a president you know it's not about the owner it's not about the owner it's not about the owner you know what it's easy to say that and kind of paint and go paint in the lines and go along with what you hear everyone saying publicly but I can say this when the new owner took over RSL that first year and when Christ and Loggery were still there. I was already hearing not so great things about the ownership, the new owner at RSL. And even at that point, I got the impression and I got the sense talking to people that, you know what, do not be surprised if Christ and Lagerway both leave. And this isn't to say they left because of this owner, but this owner wasn't exactly the guy that was going to get them to stay. And that's got to, you know what, that's got to make you wonder. If you're, an, if you're an RSL fan or you're a follower of the league, you have to wonder how this owner – is gonna uh, is gonna pan out. How, you know how what kind of owner is he gonna be? He's gonna be hands on, hands off. He's gonna be a meddler. Is he a guy who's gonna turn people away, turn people off? That the jury is still out on that. And early early day impressions have not been great from what I've been told. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We know the guy's got money. We know he's not afraid to spend money. But it's, sometimes it's not all about money. It's also how you treat people, how you interact with people. Uh, and you know, we'll see, we'll see what kind of owner he is, but I'm telling you, there's something there that might not be so great. Uh, sounds like you're, you're saying doom and gloom for Real Salt Lake in the future, Ivis. It's not doom and gloom. Hey, look, you know what? <laughs> Maybe he turns out to be the best owner ever, right? We don't We will see in the coming years. All I'm saying is I'm just kind of offering a glimpse into what I've been told, what I've heard, uh, from people within the league. Uh, about the about the new owners is it Deloy Hansen is that his name? Yes, he, it's Deloy. You know, yeah. Right. So now he. So that that's the thing. I mean, we're, we're, you know, is he going to be a successful owner? Or is is he going to be a Jerry Jones type owner who spends the money and clearly isn't afraid to spend? But you know, maybe he's not the best owner. You know, that's the, that's going to be the question. And and you know, if if RSL heads in the wrong direction, if they start struggling, if the, if the team never gets back to those heights. You're going to have to ask yourself some questions about this ownership group. You know, it's it's going to be interesting, Ivis, to see going forward because we talked about this with Jason Kreiss, you know, him now having a, a budget, you know, what can he do? I mean, what can Garth do? It's, it's going to be interesting to see how both of these guys do now over the course of the next couple of years with bigger budgets. Absolutely, and, and Christ especially. Christ really does have uh, a lot of freedom there uh, in his role with NYCFC. Obviously, he's working with Claudia Reyna there. Um, but, yeah, you know, you want to see how these guys do – uh, with with the bankroll to support what have been for the most part successful uh, visions for a team in MLS, so we'll see. We'll see how they do. It's going to be a, l- a little nice little competition between the two, I think. 
And there are rumored reports that AJ Soros is going to be on the move to Hellas Verona in Italy. Uh, and what are the chances of this actually happening, Ivis? And uh, I mean, what do you make of this move also? Well, I got to say, it's been pretty quiet uh, getting confirmation on this. I mean, uh, it all came from a tweet, of all things, from Jimmy Conrad, uh, the the former MLS player, U.S. national team player, turned kick TV star. Um, obviously, he has a relationship with the agent uh, for AJ Soares, Mike Garland. Now, I know I know Soares was leaving MLS. I mean, you got that sense through the year. Mm. He didn't renew his deal. Um, I remember seeing Soares after MLS Cup uh, with his agent, and and uh, you know the sense you got, he was gone. He was going. He was going to leave. Uh, but what needs to be remembered, he has a European passport. Um, so he, you know, you're basically talking about a player who can be, per- who can be had on a free transfer. Um, and we haven't had it confirmed yet that he's going to Verona yet, but if, if that is, if that did happen, if that is happening, credit to the credit to the agent for making that happen, because that's a big step from MLS to Serie A. You know, if he's going to be in Italy, if this, if this does work out, I mean, that may take away the possibility of a possible January call up for the domestic based players. Uh, I mean, what are kind of maybe his 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 future with the U.S. men's national team now, Ivis? Uh, that's the interesting point, right? I mean, he he's someone that you know, if you if you ask most people around the league, who are the top center backs in MLS? Uh, when you want to talk about American central defenders, he wouldn't he would not have necessarily been at or near the top of the list. Um, he is he's been a solid defender. He's a skilled def- his skill on the ball is a bit underrated. Uh, you know, he he's got a good left foot. Um, so he he's a he's a very he was this year I thought he definitely got overlooked a bit uh, especially in New England's run you know everyone talked about Gonzalez but you know you could almost argue that he was the more consistent defender of the two in in, in that New England central defense uh, I mean for me I thought there were others who were better this year I mean Chad Marshall obviously defender of the year I thought Matt Hedges had a monster year I think Hedges is someone who deserves a January call up um, and then obviously you have Omar Gonzalez who's you know U.S. national team already. Um, so could, could Soares have been in the, in the camp? Absolutely. He could have, could have been, but now obviously if he's going to Italy, then he will not be a part of that January camp and getting a spot in the March camp is going to be very tough unless he finds a way to fight his way into the starting lineup in Serie A. Uh, cause then if you're playing in Serie A and you're playing on that high level, it's going to be hard for Klinsman to ignore you. Uh, but again, we don't even know if this is, deal is happening. We haven't had an ounce of confirmation from Verona, from uh, Torres' agent. So until we get something to that, you know, maybe we, I don't know if we should get too in-depth into what the possibilities will be of this move. And Major League Soccer recently held its re-entry draft. Uh, some big names, I mean, not some big names, but the biggest names that were in the re-entry draft were uh, Robbie Finley going to uh, Toronto and uh, Pakar Samari going to uh, to Montreal. But overall, Ivis, it was, uh, as expected, a quiet affair. It was pretty tame, uh, I, I, I think. Uh, and anyone expecting more, you, you kind of had to know when you already had the expansion draft uh, really cut into the talent pool. Um, and cut into the bargains, the type of players that you would want to snatch up in a reentry draft. Uh, it was always going to be a, a not. It, w- it wasn't going to be as active as it was a year ago, obviously. Um, and, and, and and you know there were some surprises in terms of players who were not taken. And I don't know if you, I mean, you don't even want to say surprises, but interesting uh, development. As an example, Dwayne De Rosario, uh, a player who you know former MLS MVP. He was there. He was available, and uh, nobody took a chance on him. No one took a flyer on him. 
uh, even in the stage two, which when you're when you're talking stage two, you're not uh, obligated to pay their whatever their contract is. You can you can renegotiate. And I thought it was interesting that nobody would take a chance on a player like him. Now, Robbie Finley, you know, he he does have value. I think he's someone that, you know, could do well in Toronto FC. And I think the Finley pickup makes you wonder, is the Jermaine Defoe done in Toronto? Because there's some similarity there. Uh, between Defoe and Finley, and you know, if, if do you get go get a Finley to kind of help offset Defoe? Obviously, we're talking two different classes of player, but you know, do you want to have a Finley and a Defoe on your team, both of them? So, I think that was interesting. I thought Baki Sumari being picked up by Montreal that had to happen, right? I mean, you're talking about Montreal; they need help in central defense. Uh, Baki Sumari needed, you know, he obviously was going to have to have a change of scenery because Chicago let him go. He's fluent French speaker, lived in France, grew up grew up there. Now he goes to Montreal. He's the French-speaking central defender. Uh, he's reunited. He, Frank Klopas, uh, uh, who he knows very well, uh, someone who can you know maybe give him the confidence and give him the support that that maybe he didn't have in Chicago. So I think Sumari is the kind of guy that you know what he could actually turn 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 around and and you know get back to you know close to being an all-star level defender. He, he obviously has had his his issues uh, with with you know. Uh, physically with speed of play there's games when he's absolutely dominant and then there's games where he struggles physically so we'll see which player uh montreal gets but overall it was pretty quiet pretty team mm-hmm. re-entry drafts i mean you just kind of look at the list of players that were available you know a lot of these guys had down years you know it's interesting to see some guys names how they've fallen off like edson buttle not being picked up i mean i know he's had a bad couple years but I mean, that's just a name it's just interesting to see kind of how, how certain careers turn out for certain guys where just a couple years ago i mean they were on top of the world Right? No, I mean, Buttles, Buttles, one that kind of stood out. Um, I think Marvell Wynn. Now you're talking yeah. about a guy who's been in Colorado for a long time. Uh, now he goes to uh, San Jose and, and Dom Kinnear. Let's not forget, Dom Kinnear's the coach there now. Uh, and, and Kinnear didn't waste any time trying to add a little speed to that that San Jose squad uh, with Niasi and Marvell Wynn. So, uh, I don't know. There were not, nothing too crazy there. Uh, one, uh, one pickup that I did like, uh, Houston Dynamo. They grabbed Chandler Hoffman, uh, the former UCLA forward. He, he he got drafted by Philly. Didn't really get uh, get any time there. He spent this past year playing for LA too in the in USL Pro. So I'm sure you saw your share of him. He's a young forward. He's got some quality. He's got some talent. He wasn't going to play with the Galaxy, but you know what? In Houston, uh, you know they're waiting on, while they're waiting on Eric Kubo Torres to show up. You know what? Maybe you give this channel, you give Chandler Hoffman some minutes, give him some burn, and uh, maybe you find yourself uh, another forward who can help you. Yeah, I remember watching him. Actually, I did remember watching him in USL Pro. He's a very good player for the LA Galaxy too last year. Granted, USL Pro, but like you said, opportunity for him. Um, Looking at the U.S. men's national team, uh, some sad news did come out. DeMarcus Beasley, the fifth most capped player of all time, announced his retirement um, from the U.S. He's, he's still playing professional soccer for the Houston Dynamo, but no longer he'll represent the U.S. men's national team. A uh, little bit of a surprise, Ivis. I mean, a few months ago, uh, I mean, he, he wasn't even planning on retiring. Um, you know, but it's sad to see him go, man. End of an era with both him and Landon Donovan retiring this year. Well, I think it was time. Um, you know, as much as yes, look, the guy was great in in the in the World Cup game against Belgium, and that made you say, "Whoa, this guy can still bring it at at, at a you know at a high level at, at his age." But you know, the the player that we saw come to Houston, you know, it, he kind of showed his age there, and uh, it, it, I it just there was you almost got the senses. Are we going to see another another example of Bocanegra uh, Chirondolo when last World Cup cycle? 
uh, early on in the cycle, Klins- Jurgen Klinsmann talked about, oh, these guys can still be part of the World Cup team. They'll be there. And guess what? Father time catches up with everybody. Uh, so why not go out on a high, let that next generation step in? You know, he did a great job for the U.S. through the years, no doubt about it. Uh, and especially this cycle for him to step in and become a, a very useful left back at a time when the, the program needed one. I mean, that that was kind of the, yep. the nice defining defining uh, contribution of his career, I thought. Uh, obviously, we'll, we won't forget the, the speedy winger in the 2002 World Cup, that you know, that player. Uh, but at the same time, the, the, the way he was able to kind of reinvent himself uh, and really turn into a really quality left back, I thought that was a great, great, uh, great for him. And and he, you, you come away feeling almost like he was a bit underrated as a as a player, as a as a national team player. Obviously, he has he had his ups and downs, but you know, at the four World Cups, first American to to be a part of four four World Cup teams. Uh, you know, who knows when we'll, we'll have that again? Uh, and hats off to him. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Because if you did like a trivia question, right, and you asked that, I don't think anyone would put down Demarcus Beasley. I well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I think I think people heard it all summer, and I think people that know it would have been him and Landon by now are fully aware that it's him. So I don't know how many people you'd fool at this point. Yeah, it is. It is like you said, a little interesting that not interesting, but just um, I mean. I mean how, like what a year can do where a year ago, like you said, I mean, we need a left back so badly. Demarcus Beasley comes in, and now it's a year later. I mean, you know, Greg Garza looks like the guy is going to take the left back spot. So, um, I mean, nice career for Demarcus Beasley. It's, it's, you know, and also, man, some people are going to, there's going to be some kids, Ivis, you know, high school kids that are only going to know him as a player who played left back. Think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that's how old you are. It, it doesn't see. Yeah, why is it me? <laughs> you, 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 you're a kid. You're not a kid anymore. Let's just be honest there. <laughs> uh, no, it is funny though because I still remember there was a time when people practically would burst into tears at the thought of Demarcus Beasley playing left back, and 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 I'll always remember that 2009, 2009 World Cup qualifier in San Jose, Costa Rica. I remember being there in Estadio Saprissa. Bob Bradley tried him out of left back. It was an absolute disaster. Uh, and then from there, it was like, oh my God, don't don't ever do that again. Obviously, in, in in the Confederations Cup as well, he had some issues. Uh, I, I remember, I think it was against Brazil early in that tournament, and that that swore everybody off of ever wanting to see Beasley at left back again for the national team. Um, but guess what? You know what? When when it came around uh, again in 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 this more recent World Cup cycle, they needed a left back. He got thrown in there, and he turned and he was great. And, and it just shows you you can't always. Just write things off because of what has happened in the past. You know, players evolve, players improve and develop. And, you know, so just because a player didn't necessarily out in a certain role at one point doesn't mean he can never develop in that role. So I think that, you know, if anything, let that maybe be a lesson uh, to people who want to be quick to write off uh, possibilities for players. Uh, looking at the rest of uh, the Americans abroad front, there's uh, some rumors coming out that Mix Disgrude is leaving uh, Norway. He's with, out of contract with Rosenberg, and there's reports coming out that he's being linked with uh, Tijuana. I mean, what are the chances of this actually happening, Ivis? This is another one of those Columbus Crew things. Well, I mean, the crew were in talks with them. I mean, it wasn't as if that didn't happen. Um, from what I understand, from what my sources tell me, that he was in conversations with Club Tijuana. Um, and, but they, they hadn't gone anywhere. They hadn't gotten finalized. No deal was done. Obviously some report, there were reports in Mexico saying it's going to happen. He's going to get, you know, they're going to introduce him in a day or two. Uh, clearly those reporters in, down in Mexico weren't familiar with mixed disc and, and his, his, 
these kind of situations with this crew. It's not a done deal until the guy's lifting a jersey when it comes to mixed this crew. You can't take it for granted. Uh, he's not a you know his people and he and his people are not above uh, walking away from a deal if they're not happy with the deal. If they don't like the deal. And 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 as of right now, from my understanding, nothing's done. Nothing has been finalized. I, I, I feel like I said it recently, but for me, I would be absolutely surprised if he signed an MLS. I think Europe seems like the better bet. Yeah. Uh, Tijuana was a bit surprising because it came out of nowhere because no one had really linked him there before. I know he has a home in San Diego. Um, and look, Tijuana, you know, you can they can pay more than MLS. I mean, they, they pay significantly more than MLS. Uh, so from that standpoint, if it was about the money – uh, you're talking about the money. You're talking about what you know. If he would feel is a stronger league than MLS, then you could kind of understand why he want to go that route. Mm-hmm. For me, I think he should still go to Europe or stay in Europe and try to move on to a bigger league. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but you know, you tell me, man. You were the one hanging out with him recently. So, <laughs> what, what, what do you think's going on? I didn't ask him anything. It's what, what am I going to do? Walk up to him and say, "Hey, what, what's what's the deal?" I can't. I can't do well, that. That would have been better than, "Hey, can we get a picture? How about that?" It was for work purposes. Uh, you know what? And then during in that in that little moment there, you could have been, uh, "Where are you going?" No, no. Everyone was asking for autographs. He, he was he was busy, man. I'm not gonna ask him that stuff. But come on, should have asked him to come on the show. See, you're slipping, man. You're slipping. What, what do you want from me, Ivis? Come on, I want you to step it up. 2015, man, you gotta step it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, it's it's when when I saw the move to when I originally saw it, you know, I was kind of I was like, okay, that's that's gonna be a cool move for mix, you know, more more Americans that we can be able to watch him play. But it doesn't seem to have that that moving, like you said, moving to Mexico doesn't seem to have that that massive jump if he stayed in Europe and possibly moved anywhere else, you know, in Europe. I mean, you'd like to see him maybe move into a top four league. I don't know if that's a possibility, but at least move up to you know. Uh, the Netherlands would be a good move for him, or France. Well, obviously, France, a move to France would be great, but again, there has to be interest there. Um, the Netherlands, I think, is a good move. I think that'd be great if he could find a, a landing spot there. I think it's a better, it's a, it's a better league, obviously, than Norway. Um, but right now, we don't, we don't know what he's going to do. We really don't know. And uh, Tijuana, I think, would have been interesting. You would have seen, you could have had a, you know, Discarud and Corona battling for minutes and, and potentially even playing together. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I think I think this this one's gonna come down to the wire. I don't think we're gonna know until January. What you know, first week of January, we might not really have an idea where he's going. Well, I, I apologize for being a crap producer because as a producer, I need to go get guests. So I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get him on the show. I was we could we could have found out. Failing again. I don't know. <laughs> Horrible. Um, look, looking at the uh, what were you say? No, I was gonna say, man, this is this. If there was a show to get guests, this would have been the one. Since we're recording at five twenty p.m. on a Sunday, that's pretty rare. It's pretty nice. Rare. I know we should we should definitely do, do this uh, at least the next couple. We'll, we're, this will not be the last show of the year, I think. By the way, I'd like to point that out. I think we'll do at least one more show next week, just to kind of try to finish a little stronger than we've we've the, the, the month of December has been a, has been a bit of a shocker for us. So we'll we'll try to get at least at least one more show, maybe two. Uh, and maybe record at reasonable hours, and then we could get we can get a couple of guests close the year out with a couple of guests. That'd be nice because we always start off the year really really good with guests for like the first three yes. months. We get a lot of guests, and then yes, it can, and then it goes downhill from there. Yes, totally. so at least we start off with good intentions. Yes, no, we yeah, you know. <laughs> people can check the archives; they can see we've, we we we've done pretty well in the past. But that that's gonna that's part of the in our our list of New Year's resolutions uh, will be. Will be that. Will be the, getting more guests. Uh, me not being so mean to Garrett, since people say I'm mean to Garrett. I think um, you. I think you stop being mean. I 
don't know. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that's why no one listens to the show anymore. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I know. There's, it's, it's too buddy-buddy now. That's the problem. And uh, people like the tension when, when we start yelling at each other. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll have to uh, have some more tension then when 2015 starts. New resolutions, Ivis. Recording at normal times and more tension on the show. Um, more, more guests, more tension. Yeah, more guests. So Fighting. three things. Three things we have to more, work on. More episodes, more Q&A. More SBI show Q&A. More head-to-head Q&A. Yes. What else? Um, I think that's it. More European soccer. Better better that. intro music. Better outro music. Are you My, kidding well, me? I will, listen, oh, I, will, I will agree the last episode's intro music was not great, and it wasn't one of my finer selections um but i still say it, it, first of all i feel like you picked the same five song rotation for the entire year well, I don't I, mean, I mix it up uh, if you say so I, i'm pretty I, i've i've had probably 165 different songs i'm pretty sure your so your total of outro songs is a, is like a fr- 120th of that yeah but you know why i do that because of yeah 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 so I, i'll choose something new today all right all right, I, try. I try. Kid, um, kid, kid, kid Cudi. There you go. I, I always play him. I got to do someone else. I always do it's like him, Lupe. Who else do I do? Snoop Dogg. I'll tell you what. I, he, even though it's not old school hip hop, I would love to I would love to do some intros with J. Cole because I got to tell you, man, I am in love with this guy's album. The new album is, for my money, the best. It's the best album that I've heard that I've heard in set. 17 years i gotta say it's been that long not since big's album not since life after death his final album have i heard an album that i enjoyed as much as i enjoy i am now enjoying the j cole album i know you're not a hip-hop head but garrett this album is unbelievable i'm sure i'll listen to it if it comes on the radio see i, was, I listen to the radio that's what i do the radio <laughs> do you have xm at least serious no XM? i don't i just have regular fm Wow, and, uh, I don't know. commercials and all. That's where I, that's where I get my hip hop music from. You know, when the when the hip hop station plays, you know, like Nicki Minaj, you know, Drake and Taylor Swift. That that's where I get my music from. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> you dying? You okay? <laughs> really, man? Taylor. I'm Swift. joking. I'm joking. All right, moving on, Ivis. No one believes you. No one believes you. No, yeah, they all probably think I'm serious. Um, moving down to the college game. Uh, Virginia has won the College Cup. Uh, they defeated UCLA on penalties. Um, it wasn't really the, the cleanest game. It wasn't really the prettiest game. Virginia played with like six or seven defenders throughout the game. But uh, look, they outlasted UCLA and won the College Cup. Right. It, it was an ugly game. It was uh, it, it, it's unfortunate, you know, I mean, no, at the end of the day, no one, not many people are going to remember five, 10 years from now that Virginia played an ugly, ugly game to win their title. They're just going to know Virginia won another title. Uh, I think it's a little unfortunate because I thought, you know, look, UCLA was a better team. They played the better soccer. They didn't finish, which was, you know, at the end of the day, you got to finish. Right. If you finish, you put everything else. Nothing else matters. You're going to win your games that you deserve to win. Uh, credit to Virginia. You know they make their PKs. They won in the shootout. In the shootout, you never want to see a final a championship decided by a penalty shootout. But you almost felt like that was what Virginia was kind of hoping for. Uh, I don't want to rain on their parade too much. Obviously, they came in as their low seed, uh, and they they don't care. They got they got an NCAA title. So if if anything, I would say uh, it, it's that that outcome in that final along with some other incident, uh, other events going on in college soccer, 
really had me really feeling down about the state of the game. You know, when you when you see Jay Vitovich, the Wake Forest coach, leaving Wake Forest to take the job in Portland, he's not going to be the coach in Portland uh, with for their USL Pro team. Good opportunity for him, no no question about it. You can uh, totally understand why he'd want to go that route. He will now also be a first team assistant for the Timbers uh, as a, as an MLS assistant. He'll be on Caleb Porter's staff, but that's another top soccer mind leaving the college game and i think it could be the start of a trend i think you could see more and more top college coaches Mm -hmm. decide that you know what if i want to have any chance for a a a move to the pros this is the route i'm going to have to take and this is kind of the fallout of having so many former players being handed head coaching jobs with little to no coaching experience you, you you're you're having a situation where you have uh established uh and well credentialed and highly respected college coaches uh who aren't even in the conversation for head coaching jobs in MLS now whereas obviously in in the history of the league uh there there has always kind of been a path there for some for the top college coaches i mean Bruce Arena came out of Virginia Siggy Schmidt UCLA uh, Shellis Hyman obviously le- le- left SMU and, and coached FC Dallas. So you've had your coaches, Kayla Porter, obviously, Akron went to Portland. But Porter might be the last one for for a while, you know. So if you're a college coach and, you, and you're looking at the landscape and you're looking at how teams are going in their hiring um, and you have aspirations for the top level, you're going to – you know what? You're going to take a chance. You're going to you're gonna get out of that comfort zone because let's face it. College coaching jobs are some of the cushiest, most secure jobs in, in that there are in, in terms of job security. I mean, a col- Division One college coach, uh, college soccer coach, the job security is pretty good, I got to tell you. But you know what? If you're an ambitious coach, if you're a coach who has aspirations to coach at the highest level or as high as level as you can in America, then you're going to have to make some, possibly make a tough decision and maybe leave that comfort zone and go take a job in USL Pro. And I think we're going to see more of that. And mm-hmm. and if we do see more of that, if that does become a trend, that's only going to hurt the college game that much more. Yeah. And, and 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 that's just and that's fine. That's part of evolution. That's part of the deal. And and no, you, you don't cry for the college game. It's just the facts of the facts of the current world, current current state of American soccer. Well, we, we you know we, we've talked about it for over. I'd say since the beginning of the show that that the way the academy system is going and kind of the way college is going. I mean, you know, him, you know, Jay, Jay leaving over to Portland Timbers too. I mean, it's just another level, like you said, to that to that argument that college soccer next ten fifteen years isn't going to be the same that that as we know it now. So he's Jay now, and he's your boy. He's your boy. Is that what? Oh, call him Jay. Really? <laughs> everyone, why, everyone, why am I on a first name basis today? What, you're just buddies with everybody. I, 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 we're finding out all these connections now that you have in the game. Uh, yeah, because I have so many connections. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? It, it's fine. It, it's it, it's it's funny to me because I look. I have always kind of been seen as a defender, and I don't mind uh, being called it a defender of the college game. I I've just always appreciated it for for what it does and what it's been able to do. It's obviously flawed. It, it's obviously. Uh, not the ideal for player mm-hmm. development, uh, professional player development. It's not the ideal. Obviously, you would rather have uh, pro academies throughout the entire country and and having a system that develops them better than the college game. But the mm-hmm. college game has stood in as kind of that that that, uh, that surrogate, that that foster parent. Like uh, the, I've always given that analogy is like you don't criticize the foster parent 
for not being a parent, like not being the natural parent. It's not their fault. They step in, they play a role, and you know they do their best. And you should be thankful that 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 that, that is even there for for mm-hmm. the child, right? And if there was no college soccer in the last 15, 20 years, where would we be? Where would the sport be in this country? So, for me, I, I, I mean, it is there, you do kind of lament the 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 kind of in, inevitable demise of the college game. Um, but again, it's still going to play a role because there's, there's, there, there's still too many kids, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the system. And now with the develop, I feel the development Academy is producing more quality players, not high, high end, ready to play in the pros already high end caliber players, but more potential players, more players who have, ha- have a better skill set than their counterparts 10 years earlier. So you have all these players. They have to go play somewhere. They can't all go play in USL Pro. They can't all go sign, uh, you know, homegrown player deals. They have to go somewhere. And where do they go? Right, the college game's still going to play that role. Mm-hmm. The question for me now is, if we're going to start seeing this drain of top college coaching talent, who's going to fill that void? And that's what I'm really curious to see now because, um, you know, not, there's only but you know there's only 20, 20 MLS jobs, soon to be twenty four, twenty four head coaching jobs in MLS. So. You know, it, it, there's at a certain point, uh, you know, you're going to have to start seeing some former MLS players who who they have nowhere else to turn. Hopefully they will go to the college route and, and they'll kind of pick up the slack there uh, because I still think the college game has a role to play. I completely agree with you on uh, on that. Well, I was the, the show's a little under an hour and I feel like if we ended the show before an hour, we would just be doing a disservice to everyone and, and ourselves. I think we need to do a little a uh, little Q&A back and forth. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. People love that. I'll, I'll start. I'll start first. Especially, you know, well, you know, people love when you evade my questions. That's the best, the best part. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll. So here, I'll, I'll go first. My question is, what is the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? I, I, I don't know. That's. I have no idea. I, I don't know if I. I don't know. I have to think about it. Nothing stands out. I gotta say. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Probably, probably a pair of sneakers at some point when I was a kid, maybe. Can't think of anything? No, really. I mean, from my childhood, I don't know. A Nintendo, maybe? Something like that. Which one? NES or Super Nintendo? No, we're talking like Nintendo. Like oh, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm old school, brother. You forgot. You must have forgot who you're talking to here. Yeah, I guess I did. I don't, I, you know what? Look, I, I'll tell you what. I didn't have everything as a kid. I, was, I wasn't... I wasn't Lucky enough to, you know, be born with a silver spoon in my mouth. But I had love. That's what I had. That's what I needed when I was a kid. Yeah, there you go. G.I. <laughs> Joe dolls. There you go. G.I. Joe. I was a big G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe doll fan when I was a young, when I was much younger. I, n- I never had any of those when I grew up. Yeah, that was before your time. Yeah. That was before video games and all that. And you well, could still use your imagination. No, we, we actually, we didn't have video games growing up in my house because of that. Because <laughs> your family's Amish. No, no, no. My mom and dad just didn't want to sit in front of it, you know, playing video games like five hours straight every day. Uh, I, you know what? I'm at that point right now where I'm like, man, I just want to like just take everything away from my kids and make them like play with, <laughs> like go outside and play with like a stick or something. And see, we always played with Legos. We always had Legos growing up. Yeah, Legos are okay. Or like we'd go out into the desert and like build a fort. Like that's that's what we did. <laughs> go out into the desert. <laughs> yeah, build a fort. Really? <laughs> Who goes out into the desert? That's that, period. That, period. Let alone to like, that's like that's like going off in your like your backyard and maybe a forest. That's the same thing. I don't know if you should call it a desert. What do you mean? 
All right, go ahead. Well, you know, you go out there and you build a fort, you build jumps, you know, out of the dirt. You find stuff out there. You know, there's always something in the desert. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All right, your turn, man. Uh, well, uh, since you you refuse to answer all my uh, all my questions about your potential father being a father and all that, <laughs> I, I have to find something less personal. Um, was uh, he? Although he had a hat on, I, I'll ask anyway. Is Mix Disgrude's hair as impressive in person? No, I, he had the. I couldn't tell. Yeah, he didn't want to intimidate you. I couldn't tell, hair. but That's I will why. say though, like. <laughs> He has really good teeth, though, and he's actually like a very good-looking guy in person. I didn't realize that until I saw him. I was like, I can see why every girl here is like losing their mind right now. <laughs> were you, were your, was your heart fluttering? Yeah, I was kind of just like, wow, how come I can't be that good-looking? <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty big next to you, I got to say, man. You, make him, you made him look pretty jacked. I know. Well, that's because I'm really small. So, I mean, I, I make anyone look big next to me. Well, there you go. I mean, Franco <laughs> looks huge next to me. I don't know about huge. <laughs> don't get, don't soup that kid set up. <laughs> you know, he'll get on the next fight. I had to take a picture. You'll get, we need another picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's at the gym right now, probably. Doing, <laughs> yeah, he's do, doing, <laughs> doing curls and looking in the mirror as we speak. Okay. Uh, minus Brazil. So here's my next question. Minus Brazil. What was the best trip you took all year? Ah, good question. Let me see. I have to think about that one, man. This has been a bit of crazy, been a pretty crazy year. Um. Hmm. Well, LA was pretty good. This LA, uh, the MLS Cup trip was good. Got a, you know, uh, MLS Cup weekend is MLS Cup week's always fun. You have uh, you got the parties, you got the the events, you got you get to see people, you get to see everybody. Um. Although the combine, you know, even though it's the it's always the beginning of the year, so it gets lost. I always have I always enjoy the combine. The combine is such a just like a chill. MLS Combine, you know, you get to see the up-and-comers. Uh, all the coaches and GMs are in town. You get to kind of shoot the breeze with them, pick their brains on everything that's going on, um, work get you know work on all the latest trade rumors and everything. Um, th- those probably stand out. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what if there've been any other any other. I mean, the you know the London Dublin trip was okay, but I don't know if it was yeah if it was anything that amazing. Um, yeah, MLS Cup MLS Cup week was pretty good. I'll say that. There you go. All right. I wouldn't have guessed that you would have said that. I feel like I forgot something. I feel like the, I feel like I went. You take so many trips, man. I mean, you're like on the road like every other week. I know. I know. I, I, it'll come to me, but uh, th- that stands out since since it just recently happened. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I am. A, by the way, for anyone listening, still at this point in the show, I will be in Austin on Monday. For one day, I'll be in Austin, Texas, for one day. Uh, it, I'm pretty much. Uh, it, it, I needed to get one more flight in uh, for my my United Premier flying status, uh, so I had to get that one flight in. And you know what? Austin fit the bill. I love Austin. I will be spending my one day there. So you know, hit me up if you happen to hear this and you happen to be in Austin. Let me know. Tweet at tweet at me. I won't put it on Twitter yet, but if you hear the show, then tweet at me and then see if we meet up. Um. Thanks for my invite, dude. What's that? Thanks for my invite. Oh, I'm so, well, you want to come to Austin? What, are you going to take the train to Austin? What are you, <laughs> <laughs> what are you, it's not that close to you. Come on. I, I You know, if Phoenix if Phoenix was popping in December, I might have gone to Phoenix. Phoenix is popping in December. Is it? Yes. Right. I'm, I, I'm, I, wearing, I'm still wearing T-shirt and shorts right now. Nice. 
Yeah, but you just you just spend a week in a bubble because you got to. That's because I'm. Cold. That's because I'm weak. That's that. There's a right. difference right. though for the I'll non for the non people like you who are not weak in the weather. You could just wear t-shirt shorts and you'd be fine. No, I'll, I'll, look, I'll, I'll, I'll get to uh, Phoenix hopefully in 2015 because I have to have to go see Divas FC in action. Oh hell yeah! Are you, oh dude, and, and, you know reason why? Come out, Phoenix. We have uh, we have Mexico in the uh, in the Gold Cup. There's a reason oh, right yeah. there. There you go. Nah, well, I'll be I'll be with the U.S. probably. So, but side, uh, no side trip. That's a side trip. One of these one of these days, I'll get out there. I'll get out to and go 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 check out your, your Arizona United. See what they're working with over there. Oh That's yeah, dude, like, we got a brand I, new I got, location. I got I got to see your coach. Uh, I got to see the Arizona Arizona United coach out in L.A. at MLS Cup, uh, doing his thing. So uh, yeah, wouldn't be bad to get out there. I know we're playing right next to downtown Scottsdale. Oh, all right. Dangerous, <laughs> dangerous on many levels, Ivis. All right, I'm, I'm going to charge somebody for this past minute. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm your, your your turn now. Your question. Uh, okay. Serve it uh, up. Let's see. Okay, if you could move to any city in America to work, where would it be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> am I still? Am I? <laughs> that's a trap question, Ivis. <laughs> What are you talking about? Every question is a trap question. I love that. You just you're just such a secretive person. Come if on. I, honestly, I it'd be New York. Okay, on the on the East Coast, it'd be New York. And on no, the, you get one, one shot. No East, but one place you can go there to work. You think it'd be a great place to work for what you want to do. Pick a place. New York, then. New York, yeah. nice. Well, that's not that, surprising though. I, I didn't say it was because one it was nice. we need to be you and I need to be in the same city so like you know we, we can have that studio that we always talk about. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Now we just have to get your job out here, and yeah. it'd be straight. Um, yeah, that's right. right. Okay, I for the... me, well, I, I'll answer my own question, yeah, and sure, I, yeah. I would say um, probably L.A. I'd say probably L.A. L.A. would be. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I, I think I could do all right there. I think. I, I think I'd have a good time. And look, the whole being on Pacific time, even though I'm like the most hardcore East Coast time guy, obviously, and I never acknowledge Pacific time. It is cool being on Pacific time. There's certain things about it that are pretty cool because you're kind of. You know, it just feels like you're you're got to jump on the day, right? Because stuff's already gone on in the rest of the co- country, and it's like morning. You wake up eight eight nine in the morning, and like stuff's already happened in the day in America. Yeah. It's great. So you know what, L.A. I could see myself living in L.A. No, absolutely. And then of course Portland is a positive. You got to choose one. I, I, That's what I was gonna do. Then you, right, you got to choose L.A. One, L.A. L.A. How, all right, fair enough. L.A. But where are you living in L.A. though? Uh, probably South Bay, man. I try right. Redondo Beach. Uh, that's probably yeah, Hermosa Beach around there. I can't afford Manhattan Beach. I'd have to write a book <laughs> and have it be a bestseller. And even then, I probably couldn't afford Manhattan Beach. I uh, my buddies, we they took me surfing out in Manhattan Beach about two months ago. That was like one of the worst experiences of my life. Surfing is <laughs> surfing is tough. <laughs> you're, you're you're really painting a picture for people, Garrett. I'm just saying it was just tough. Okay. I'm, and I'm relating to your story. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, I made the fact that I was I taught wakeboard in the Bahamas. That at least makes up for it. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I know. That was a long. That was what a long. I, see, this is what happens. I was. I, I used to be. You know. Used to be somebody. Used yeah, to be a and then and then and then I you know moved in with my girlfriend. And I mean, been, now look oh, at me. She, wow, this is. Yeah, hope her friends don't hear this. <laughs> I mean, look at me now, man. It's, I could have it's, been. It's all, da- it's all been downhills ever since. I could have been a contender. I know. <laughs> what, what movie is that from, Garrett? Come on. 
That is from Raging Bull. No, on the waterfront. On the waterfront. Ah, okay. Well, at least I was in the boxing category. Yes. Yes, you are correct. All right. Um. So wait, that was your question, right? No, that that was your question that you answered because you wanted to answer your own question. Okay, your question. Um. What was? Okay. What was your favorite movie growing up as a kid? All right, that's an easy one. Uh, the Warriors. <laughs> when I was oh, younger, I you younger, saying that. Yeah, that's right. That's the right. The Warriors. I, I mean, from when I was like seven to like ten or 11 the warriors man i i could not get enough of the warriors it was just like it was just something about it and it's so funny because watching it now it's so it's just very cheesy it's very like campy it's very obviously it's old it's an old movie and just the premise of it all is pretty crazy but it like i don't know I, it was just and the funny thing is is as you grow up like as i grew up um you know they were supposed to remake it and they never did and it, it never got remade and uh, i would always i would always love to have seen it even though you know remakes Dude, remakes suck. suck they're always so bad you think they can they can suck but i was always curious to see how they would have remade it but yes i would say the warriors probably number 1 for me how about you uh i would say probably Austin Powers. I thought you were saying My Little Pony. No. Nice. Austin Powers is pretty good. Austin Powers is, is, is a. Did you, did you see Mike Myers did his uh, Dr. Evil on SNL? I heard about it. I didn't watch it. It was okay. It wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got one. Okay. You're okay. So you're on death row. You go on an electric chair. You get your last meal. What will your last meal be? Oh, easy, dude. Steak sandwiches. It's like a family thing that we do. Steak sandwiches? Yeah, it's bread. Toast the bread, and then you get like some really nice steak. Cut it up, put it on top, and then you mix like an onion butter sauce, and then that's the and then you put that on top, and that's all that it would, is. It's amazing. That would, that would be your last meal. Oh, dude, it's it's a I I can eat that. Like I can. That's like if there was a food eating contest, like that's something I could win for food eating. <laughs> like I love it, man. That's funny. That's interesting. Okay. What would yours be? Uh, it would be some sort of chain, uh, Peruvian food. It'd be. Uh, chow fa uh, uh, de pollo, which is like a chicken, kind of a chicken fried rice thing. Uh, fried chicken is 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 something. It have fried chicken would be on the plate. There'd be some some Peruvian rice. There'd be some some lomo saltado, which is like this steak and potatoes thing. Uh, it would be a lot of Peruvian food with some fried chicken thrown in. That it be that would be my. I, I would have just an absurd variety of things there. But yeah. Peruvian food, no doubt about it. Huh. Well, thank God we don't have to think about that, Ivis. Yeah, you never know, man. You never know. <laughs> you might get pushed over the edge. I think that'd be impossible. I know. I'm just... <laughs> All right. Um, was that your question? Was that, that was that? your question. All right. Okay. I can't think of any more questions. We've already gone through three. You want to do? Do you want to do one more? One more. One more. You don't have any more. You run out. Uh, do you have one? Then I'll, I, I can. I can backtrack. <laughs> I don't have one, uh, actually. So, yeah, all right, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap okay, it up. fair enough, fair enough. We'll uh, save for the ne- for the next show, for our official last show. Yes. What, epi- what, what episode is this, by the way? Um, 199, so I think the next one will be no, 200. No, I wish. I wish it was what I think it's like 183. I'll tell you right now, Ivis. Filter. I don't know. It has a look it up. We're just going to ramble talk so there's no dead air. <laughs> if you didn't know, you could have just said you didn't know. I mean, come yeah, on. I'm looking right now. Okay, it's loading. It's loading. This will be 183. Oh, yeah. No chance we're going to get to 200 by the draft. 17 shows is not happening. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start doing 20-minute shows every day. No, <laughs> we should get to uh, 200 at least by the beginning of the season, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I believe that'll happen. I believe Th- that can happen. That should happen. 
Yes, I agree. Now, what we should have, at least one episode before the year's over, where we actually get some guests and kind of have a year-end wrap-up well, show. Could, I think this we could do that next week. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll do that. We'll when when you that. want to do the show next week, I'm off all next week. I literally Sun- am off ne- work. next sun- next Sunday. I'll start putting the feelers out and see how many get. I, I want to get like five guests. Five, all at the same time. No, like one at a time, <laughs> and we'll just you know. No, we're not gonna have a panel discussion. But yeah. So, you know what? For everyone listening, still, because if you're still listening, God bless you. You are a true fan of the show. Or they just don't want to hang out with their family during the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> they're driving. They're too lazy to turn the radio off or to change their their iPhone. Um, if you're still listening to the show, I want you to tweet at me guest suggestions for the last episode of the year. Do so they have? Got, do they have to be soccer? Could they be any anyone? Soccer, obviously. American soccer. Some tie to American soccer. Well, why means if like I have a connection to Kate Upton, we can get her on the show. You don't have any connections. I'm just, I'm just uh, hypothetically, you never know. You could have some of those connections. Okay, first of all, Kate Upton, like, is not exactly. She's the first person that came to my mind. Yeah, but that she does, she doesn't work on ra- on radio. Like her, her her best attributes are not necessarily suited for our show. Let's just put it that way. No one no one wants to listen to Kate Upton. What do you mean by that? I'm just saying. I don't even want to listen to her. We want to see. They want to see Kate Upton. Uh, oh, oh I, I, okay. I get where you're going at. All right. <laughs> so, it's all about yeah. Follow, follow the bouncing. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. All right. So, if you have any, if you're listening to the show, give give throw us some guest suggestions for our last show of the year, and I will work on getting trying to get us four or five guests for the very last show of the year, and we will have a nice mega show to close the year out. All right, that works for me. All right, all right. let's do it. Good, good. All right, Lavis. Well, uh, I'll let you go, man. And uh, happy holidays, and I'll talk to you next week. You too, man. Same to you. And Merry Christmas, man. We celebrate. We don't have yeah. to. You know, we don't have to hide the – look, we celebrate Christmas and whatever – if if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. If you celebrate any, what, anything else, Hanukkah, Hanukkah Kwanzaa, yeah. whatever, uh, Festivus, whatever yes. whatever you want to celebrate, <laughs> whatever you celebrate, may that period for you be great. I actually wish my family would celebrate Festivus around the table one year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and if you want to give Ivis and I a Christmas present, you could always give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be a great present because we get we get these random haters all the time, uh, and you know what? I guess it's part of the deal. It is what it is. Yeah, your haters, as they say, the haters make you, your haters make help make you who you are. So. Yeah, well, and also people who hate if you them. don't have haters, then you're not then you don't have then you're not you're not doing it right. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta have some. Yeah, all right. Well, Ivis, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Enjoy your holidays. Safe travels if you're going anywhere. And uh, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. This is the SBI Show.